realized very quickly that was a mistake. Your first hire really needs to be in. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one -on -one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Claire Gogan. Now, Claire has been in the business since 2012, and she started, believe it or not, as an assistant for a local team, and then went on to selling 30, 35 homes a year as a solo agent. In 2017, she welcomed her twin boys, followed by another boy 19 months later. This spiraled her into a search for leverage to buy her time back and starting her team in 2020, the Kogan team. Today, the team has over 14 agents and they've done over 92 transactions per year, totaling over 44 million in 2022. And they're on track to do over 150 transactions in 23 and consistently growing. For as far as topics go, today we'll cover finding leverage as a solo agent, why your time is more important than money and how to buy back. And topic number two, we'll talk about starting a team and some of the biggest challenges, especially in the beginning. And in topic number three, we'll dive into thinking about real estate career like a business rather than just being self-employed and how to make the total mindset shift. Claire, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited, especially because you are also a Floridian. Um, yeah. And you told me a little bit before, you know, we started rolling here and, and, and doing the show is that you are originally from Chicago and you moved down here. You were also in my uh, area at some point. So let's take it back a little bit. Give us uh, the idea on how you got started. Take us back to 2012 and becoming an assistant for a local team. Yeah. So um, I was actually in the equestrian industry when I started. Um, I've ridden horses my whole life. I uh, got out of high school and college, got college done very quickly in about three years, and then took off to go live on um, ranches, basically, or equestrian facilities where I could be a working student and just learn as much as I could. So what brought me back, um, I came back and then, you know, was trying to make a career out of that and just realized it was a very difficult career to, to really get where I wanted to go. And so I made a decision to make that more my hobby and, and get into real estate. My mom was in real estate, so it was a natural choice. And I thought this is something I can do and kind of still have the flexibility to ride horses when I want to ride. And, um, and so that, that brought me to real estate, it also brought me to the kind of the East Coast where Wellington is really big. Um, so that's why I ended up moving over there. And then, um, you know, I mean, what brought me back to Naples, just, uh, you know, grass is not greener on the other side. I grew up here. I know everybody here. It'll be much easier to build a real estate career here. And um, uh, my husband and I came back and started our careers and our lives here. You know, that's... It's, it's funny because I know even before the show, we talked about grasses and greener on the other side. Grass is always greener where you water it, right? Mm -hmm. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. So yep. the fact that you came back to Naples and your second generation of realtor in your family, 
Um, I find that actually very, very interesting. So I got to ask, where was the team that you became an assistant for somewhat family related? And was it a family affair? That's a great question. And no, um, my mom was a broker in Chicago, but she never, she didn't really do real estate like I do real estate today. So I've never had anything to do with my mom in real estate. By the time she got us here and I grew up, she doesn't really practice real estate anymore. Um, so nope, nothing to do with my family. I've uh, built everything myself. Um, the team, it was a, it was a duo, a, a two, two women who are doing really, really well decided to partner and, and start basically a partnership or a team and they needed an, an assistant. So, um, I took that position really because I came back and I needed a steady paycheck. My husband was trying to start his business. Um, so that was what drove me there. It was an amazing experience. They were doing 20, 30 million a year. And I pretty much handled everything aside from showing houses and visiting the property. So I learned an incredible amount and I'm very grateful to them for that. And how long were you in that position? Two years. Yeah. See, I really like how you have a very unique start too, because you legitimately learned the fundamentals of the business before you started going in it full time. So you had this almost unfair advantage, this launching pad of seeing a top producing team and individuals learn from them, figure out the ins and outs, put everything yeah. in place with time and actually help them refine their system, aka learn on their dime before you mm -hmm. launched into doing your own thing. So you're one in, officially in real estate as an agent. Was that the 30, 35 transactions that we're talking about? That was pretty much my first uh, year when, so that I did have an unfair advantage. I came into this business. I knew how to negotiate. I knew how to do contracts. I was the transaction coordinator. I knew everything from contract to close. Um, and so the minute I even, you know, within a couple of weeks of me telling them, you know, and they always knew my intention was to sell um, from the day one. And so the minute I told them, hey, I'm ready within about three weeks, I had my first contract. Wow. Three weeks. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about what that looked like, because there are some people that take three months, six months, nine months before they even see their first contract. And there are some people just like you within the first few weeks, some of them are within the first few days. I mean, I have had guests on the show that said the day they got licensed, they got a contract. That's because they've yeah. done a lot of the pre-work, a lot of prep work there. Yeah. Um, so what did, what did that look like? You know, just hustle. I mean, you know, you, you have to, if you're going to get in this business, you have to, you have to get leads. You got to lead is you got to find somebody who's interested in buying a house. And back then Craigslist was big. Um, and so what people used to do actually on the East coast, when I started, the agents would post like listings on Craigslist and then you would get leads from that. You would, you would post a house for sale or whatever. And, you know, a house within our brokerage, kind of like what we do on social media these days, right? You know, you're allowed to list things that are within your brokerage. So you list it on social media. It doesn't really matter if it's your listing and you start getting leads, you get people interested. So that's kind of Back then, that was an acceptable way to do it. And, um, you know, so that's what I did. I just posted houses on Craigslist and I would get people inquiring. I'd call them right away, find out what they're doing, what they're looking, how can I help them? And just found a young couple that was interested in buying and, you know, took care of them and got them under contract. I really like that approach because we, you know, 
we have over 700 plus some episodes on the show at this point. And this further shows that no strategy is the wrong strategy. It's just the execution or lack yeah. of it, therefore, right? So you can yeah. literally jump on Craigslist. Now, keep keep in mind, for context, everybody that's listening, this is 2012. So maybe right now it's not Craigslist. Maybe it's the Facebook Marketplace or yeah. another like platform, right? Maybe it's next door or something else, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to spend yeah. money. You just have to be a little bit creative. Um, mm-hmm. So then you have to work the leads, right? Like the, I'm assuming there was quite a bit of follow-up, especially in the beginning, like the first two, three weeks. Did you have a schedule? Did you have um, like a cadence that you were going off of? Like, because that's a very short time frame to convert in what we call an internet lead, right? AKA yeah. a stranger, name, phone number, email. That's really what a lead is. Yep. Yeah. Ironically, no, you know, in my first five years in real estate, I had really no systems. I, you know, did what a lot of new or even current agents do, which is, you know, focused on the people right in front of me. And I was always chasing kind of that next deal. I had a whiteboard in my office. I did have an, a designated office space in my house with a desk, with a computer. I worked, I didn't just dilly dally around all day. I, I found ways to, to connect with people. I, even though I didn't have a database of leads that I was calling, I was always looking for who can I talk to, who can I call, um, to drum up business and find out, you know, where I, how I can get them further down the sales pipeline. You know, the, the other day, somebody said something to me and I figured I'd share it because it really, really hit home. Whether, uh, you meet somebody at the park, whether mm-hmm. they hit you a random message on Facebook, or mm-hmm. you pay $5, $10, $100 for a Zillow lead or Facebook lead. They're all the same. It's all a name, phone yeah. number, and email. There's yeah. literally no difference. One of them you just paid. So you think they're higher intent. And the other one yeah. may not be in the market right now. And it's completely freaking free. And yeah. they may be in the market six to 12 months, but you will never do a, you know, we will never put in the effort to actually follow up with them. So we, you know, I yeah. used to really just like bomb on the database approach. Mm-hmm. However, what I've learned is a little bit different because the database is really not that much different than internet traffic that is six, nine, 12 months out. Mm-hmm. The messaging just has to be a little bit shifted, right? But it's really all the same thing. Whether it's a Zillow right. lead, the Zillow lead is just a little bit further along in the buying process. The yep. intent is a little bit different. Maybe they're not what we call top of the funnel. Maybe they're middle right. or even bottom, right? Mm-hmm. However, however you do that, what I find also really interesting is that for the first few years, you've had no systems, no anything, yeah. even though you are on the top performing team doing the systems, managing the systems, and having an admin. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. So I'm really curious to dive into topic number one, which is finding leverage as a solo agent. First of all, how long did it take you uh, why your time is more important than money and how to buy it back. I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, that just seems yeah. so counterintuitive to your previous position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
doing real estate on my own was the only thing I knew, you know, I was in an, I was in a prestigious office, um, here, John R. Wood, which is comparable to premier Sotheby's and some other luxury brokerages. And everybody did the same thing. Um, they all, you know, nobody really had really solid systems. They had their Rolodex or they had, I mean, they had contacts for sure. I think technology has brought us to a place now where we can have much better systems and more organization. Um, but I was just, I, I mean, I used my matrix. I had all my contacts in matrix. I had them all set up on emails. That was kind of my database. So I certainly had a database, but, um, no, I, I was functioning as a single agent and, you know, I knew again, eventually maybe I could get an assistant, but that was the only leverage that I really understood. Um, and I just got to the point where I was doing everything myself. I had tried transaction coordinators, but none of them did a good job. They all set my clients up on these auto emails and would send them, you know, emails that made no sense. And I, I just didn't, you know, it wasn't to the level that I wanted it to be at. And so I would just do everything myself. And, you know, you do that and you have three kids that close together and it doesn't take long before you're, you're, you're just exhausted. And, no, right, I'm, you I'm, know, I, I'm literally ready to blow my brains out and I got two beautiful girls and I tell you what, the first thing I did when I got into this business and I've been absolutely blessed, I got a TC and it is yeah. the best $350 that I spend or $450 if I'm double ending a deal. And yeah. I am happy to pay that shit because there's no yeah. way I could actually go through the paperwork mm -hmm. and, and waste my, they would never, I would never get paid. I would literally go broke right. and never get paid because of it, because I had so much I hate it. Right. So yeah. TC first leverage point. I think that's the easiest point. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone to do the admin companies. work. Mm-hmm. Now mm -hmm. the admin, that's kind of like where I am at in my business is that admin slash assistant. And I have, I have an amazing virtual team that has been mm -hmm. saving my ass for pretty much last year and a half or so. However, yeah. I am, as I'm growing, what I am noticing is that somebody who is like an actual assistant that can almost like anticipate your needs and then either transition into like a chief operating officer or director of some sorts is the next leverage point, right? And that's really what you're talking about yeah. here is how do you go from a single agent, maybe mm -hmm. with a transaction coordinator to getting an yeah. admin, because now you're starting putting infrastructure in where you can actually do a hundred sides almost by yourself, AKA yep. you're the rainmaker, but you got the support staff to do it. So at what point, how many transactions and how quickly did you pull in that admin? Do you remember? Um, I mean, I was doing, you know, I'm trying to think, I know we did 35 and then after that we did 70 something. So, um, I, I don't think there's two, you know, I, I think a really great transaction coordinator right away. I think you have to focus on doing what you do best. And most agents have a certain personality type that are best at talking to people, negotiating offers, showing houses. You're not, you're innately not very good at the admin stuff. So leverage that as soon as possible. And then, you know, how many transactions to me, I, I don't look at something with what it's going to cost me. I look at it with what it's going to get. So it depends on your goals. If you're doing 20 deals and you want to get an admin and not do any more, that's probably not going to work. But if you're willing to take the risk and invest in a great person, because you know, you want to get to 40, 50, 60, then do it when you're at 20 deals. 30 deals, whatever it is for you. 
Yeah, see, that's that's kind of like where I'm struggling um, at the moment right now is I I do about 40, 50 deals by myself. When I say by myself, obviously I have some leverage with virtual assistant, virtual talent, yeah. um, yeah. and ATC, which is which is huge. And I also realized that the magic number from everyone we've interviewed on the show is right about 30 to 35. Like most people mm -hmm. top out at 30-ish, give or take. Yeah. Now, my biggest concern about hiring somebody is the stability and ability to actually pay for them. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that? Because you, 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 you've now referenced this a few times of investing and ripping that bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, first of all, you're, you, the first 90 to 180, you know, 90 days, sometimes 180 is the investment period. You're, you can't expect to hire somebody and tomorrow see results. So first of all, plan for that. Know that for the first 90 days, you might be cutting that paycheck and you may not be seeing the results yet. Um, number two is you got to be very disciplined to you know, write down everything that you're doing all day that you shouldn't be doing, that an assistant can take off your plate. And then what are you gonna fill that time with? If you're going on X number of listing appointments or you're meeting X number of buyers a week, how are you gonna double that or you know, increase that now that you have this admin? Um, you know, that, that thing you're talking about is, is really fear, right? We all have it when we're trying to yeah, grow. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I feel like, yeah. I already have people in my payroll and it's like, oh shit. And now I'm going to quote unquote, make my payroll bigger. And mm -hmm. it's not about whether I can pay it or not because I'll figure out how to pay it. But now if my production isn't there, mm -hmm. I have to tell that person, Hey, you know, I don't know if this is working out. So I, I, I don't necessarily have a fear around that part. I have a yeah. fear of not executing on my end to not have that conversation in a way because my what yeah. i've noticed like especially in this business um it's i'm still on that roller coaster right i'm trying to figure out how to get off of the er monitor vital signs of where it's yeah. super high highs super low lows and it's like okay right, what right. when does this actually end because my business yeah. primarily right now is coming from internet lead generation so there are people that I am following up with for six, seven, eight, nine, 12 plus yeah. months, and they may be ready today. Like I just, for example, lost about 12 and a half million dollars worth of volume. So for anybody that does the map, that's almost like what, 300,000 plus some dollars in commission. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if you had an admin? Like, would you have lost it? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Yeah. The businesses yeah. rates go up, people you know cancel contracts, they pull out, things change. That's yeah. life, right? Yep. So I was going to hire somebody, then that happened, and I'm like, oh. well, almost happy that I didn't hire somebody, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. I'm like, well, now once the business is picking back up, because Florida's very seasonal, we're heading into our busy mm -hmm. season, and I'm like, oh shit. And yep. now I'm back yep. catch 22. Not and it's not just the quote unquote fear. Now it's like, which component do I put back in place? Am yeah. I approaching this the wrong way? So um yeah. finding a person that can kind of hang with how I work is definitely a little bit more challenging because I'm not the easiest person to work with or for because I am very demanding. 
But I do realize yeah. that my best time is not, you know, cleaning up my database. I should have somebody probably doing that. My best time is smiling, dialing, picking up the phone, going on listing appointments and have a list of here's what you need to do. Just get it done. Not yeah. hang out and, you know, whatever. So yeah. when you're yeah. doing that transition, essentially, what did that look like, especially in the beginning? And has that position evolved into what it, it is now? Because yeah, you have 14 absolutely. people. We'll talk about teams in a second, but you have 14 people at this point. Yep. Yeah, I have 14 agents and five staff right now. And um, really, so yes, that first hire is critical. Um, I made the mistake of hiring a buyer's agent trying to think I would give them, you know, I had no leads coming in, nothing as is when I was just trying to figure out how this team thing works and uh, realized very quickly that was a mistake. Your first hire really needs to be an admin for the reason you just said, your, your best smile dial, get in front of clients. That's, that's your primary, that's what you're great at. That's what you should be doing. Um, where I made the mistake is I hired people. I, I, I looked at the dollar amount instead of what they could give me. And so I was hiring people with very little real estate experience because I only wanted to pay X an hour. Um, and that was, it just cost me more time, so much more time training. Um, it did not give me any leverage and it, it, it just gave me somebody else to babysit. Um, and so when I finally stopped doing that and I started looking for somebody and upping the pay and looking for somebody that was really qualified, had the right personality type. That's important. Um, I hired a lot of people that had agent personalities and tried to put them in an admin role. The disc, if you, um, I use wise hire and they give you the disc profile for free where you can get applications. Um, so important. You, you can't, you can't hire your same personality. Um, it's gotta be, you have to hire your complement. Your your admin, your yin and yang, right? Your yin and yang, yeah. So when I finally found that person, that's when everything changed, and it just it was like a huge weight off my shoulders. I mean, she could she took so much off my plate that allowed me to now focus on my sales team and growing that. Okay, so before we move into topic two, tell me what are some of the things that they have taken off your plate, whether it was immediate or over time, just so people can be like, oh, okay, yeah, I should not be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, immediate transact, you know, anything a transaction coordinator would do, of course. Okay. Um, but anything admin related, you know, compliance, you know, you know, our brokerage getting after us for something or um, uh, marketing, any marketing stuff, you know, anything that needs to go out in that department, they take care of. I'm trying to think back then. Uh, what she really helped me with too at the time when I finally got her, her name's Kennedy, she was uh, at a point where I had a few agents. And so I had everybody coming to me asking for, I was the only person on the team that knew a lot. And she had real estate experience. She had sold some properties. She was a transaction coordinator for another team. So it gave me another person that people could go to. And that was, that was really the leverage because now I wasn't the only one I could disappear for a few hours and go on appointments and know that the office and everybody had someone else to go to even clients, you know, she clients could call and she was there at the office. I think that's a big one for solo agents. When you're out, who's, who's answering the phones, who's handling things in the office. Um, if your TC is doing that great, but if not, that's somebody that can be handling all of that. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's huge, right? I think that's 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 where I battle between having somebody virtual and having somebody physical at the location. Um, so what's what's your take on that? I think virtual. We have a, we have two um, wonderful people in the Philippines. Um, you know, I'm always growing and learning. My stance right now is that I feel like there needs to be somebody here, and then the 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 virtual can be support. Um, I just think it's important. I I personally needed somebody to be able to run to properties. Um, RTC is currently virtual, although she's in the U.S. And Kennedy, my office manager, is the one who fills in the gaps. She, she if we if I need her to run somewhere, get a key, do this, do that, she's doing all that. I mean, that stuff going to photography appointments at listings, all of that going to inspections, going to walkthroughs, that is is wasted time by a real estate agent. I mean, you should be on listing appointments with buyers, um, you know, and then, you know, eventually a showing partner is your kind of your next, next hire. That's the next piece of leverage. I, I, I agree. I agree. Since we're, you know, I think that's a good basis for us when it comes to leverage is figuring out what to hire, who to hire, mm-hmm. when to hire. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that gives us a, a really nice basis. No wonder you have about 14 agents plus five staff. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 